Hi everyone, welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. And today we have with us skin expert extraordinaire, Danielle Gray, who is going to just give us all the wisdom or as much as she can in the next Mm -hmm. half an hour (laughs) about our skin and how we can, you know, age with grace and glow and all that. (laughs) So Danielle, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you became so passionate about skin health? So I am from the wonderful land of Queens, (laughs) the most (laughs) common part if you know if anybody's a coming to America fan. But I actually started my platforms in 2007. I needed a creative outlet. I was selling investments and insurance at a bank and I desperately needed a creative outlet. So I wanted to, I started that because I had also got a certificate in image consulting at the Fashion Institute. And I was like, you know what, let me start one of these blog things that that I like to read at work when I'm supposed to be doing work or, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, "Let let me start one of these things and maybe I can drum up some clientele. And then quickly I realized that I'm like, wait, I could reach more people if I kind of tweak this in a way. And then mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really need to leave my house. So mm-hmm. then the the blog kind of evolved. And as years go by and as you know, we pick up new social platforms and I adapt to other things. Like I have a YouTube channel now as well. And I'm I'm on the kitties TikTok and whatnot. But how are the, the kitties TikTok? <laughs> the kitties TikTok. <laughs> But as someone who, you know, my mom sold Mary Kay from when I was like a young kid. So I've, oh, I feel like I've had a skincare routine since I was 10. Just like watching my mom and, you know, the stuff that she would put on her skin or her makeup or whatever. And I used to read a lot of those like YM, 17, like those kind of magazines and and kind of get like the skincare tips. And then like as things progressed, especially with my blog, I got to meet like a lot of dermatologists and other skincare experts. And I would just be like a sponge every time there was an event. And I became passionate specifically about skincare for Black women because a lot of us, you know, the whole Black don't crack. Some people feel like, you know, they don't have to do much to their skin when, you know, we, we know that's not true. So I was one of those people. No, no, no lies. <laughs> nice, nice. So it seems like you had a plethora of experiential knowledge when it came to skincare. So, you know, seeing that you mentioned Black Don't Crack, that myth, I wanted to ask you, because, you know, as I'm aging, you know, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, you know, is this an age spot? Like, Kim, what's going on with your skin? Are you not <laughs> moisturizing? So what are some signs that your skin is in trouble? So for everyone, like troubled skin, so to speak, can manifest differently because we all have, you know, different skin. But if you're noticing things that you didn't notice before, it might be something that you may want to bring up the next time you see your esthetician or even a dermatologist. And sometimes people tend to kind of overdo it with their skincare routine and like, you know, too much exfoliation, not wearing sunscreen, you know, we'll talk about sunscreen. And then the skin can feel a little like no matter what you put on it, even if you're just kind of like putting water on your skin and it starts to like sting, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you know that you've probably Mm -hmm. sensitized your skin and that, you know, you might want to dial it back and, you know, probably reassess what you have in your skincare routine. 
And then, you know, just like, like overall skin, like your overall body, you know, there's certain things that they tell you to look for any abnormalities. Like if, you know, if a mole is looking asymmetrical or, you know, things like that, those are definitely things that you want to like immediately set up an appointment to see a dermatologist and get that kind of stuff checked out. Wow. And you know, that's interesting because I remember my mom, you know, growing up, she always had a mole on her nose. And Mm. it wasn't until I was a teenager, her doctor, you know, after changing doctors time and time again, her doctor said to her, you know, your mole is looking a little asymmetrical. And my mom was like, oh, I've had this since birth. You know, this is this is my external beauty mark. You know, I, I don't care. But, you know, fortunately, her doctor kept pressing her and pressing her to get it checked out. So they found, you know, precancerous cells in that mold of wow. on her nose and they cut it off right in time. So, you know, thinking as black mm-hmm. people, we're just like, well, you know, our skin is not like, you know, our white counterparts and you, we don't have to worry about asymmetrical molds and we have mel- melanin that's going to protect us. But, you know, definitely think again. Think again, right. even thinking too about Bob Marley, you know, mm-hmm. man of color, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, had cancer, skin cancer. I'm just thinking, you know, we really need to pay attention to what is going on with the largest organ of our body. Yes, right. totally. Right. Totally. That is so true. So let's talk about sunscreen. As I told y'all earlier, I'm one of those people that are like, I'm black and black don't crack. So I don't need to do much. And, <laughs> Over the years, I really have not been a sunscreen wearer until recently. Actually, when I started following you, Danielle, on your Instagram at style, shoot, I'm going drawing a blank. Why all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank? Is it the pregnancy <laughs> rate at style beauty doc? It came style, to me. Yeah, style, and, style and beauty doc, yes. At style and beauty doc on Instagram. And I saw Danielle doing all this stuff with SPS and sunscreen. And I found out we're the same age. I'm like, (laughs) her skin's looking fab. I may need to jump on this SPF. I hope it's not too late for me to do so. So really, let's go into that. Like, is it really necessary for black skin? And why is it necessary? Because we did recently hear from a dermatologist that said something about black skin having, what did she say? SPF 13, Kim? Yeah, yeah. And now she has an SPF of 13. Like at baseline or something like that. So is it really necessary? Well, I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor and, you know, I always defer people to to talk to doctors, but I don't think that that doctor was correct in saying that melanin has a baseline SPF 13 because that's not true of all of us. So at most, some people might have around there, but that's like the deepest melanin, darkest like skin. the darkest skin. Yeah. So I think like stuff like that kind of like gets in our heads that we like, we have this automatic protection. But when you think about it, like dermatologists also tell you to wear at least an SPF of 30. And if our skin is only giving us a 13, that's still not enough protection for the sun. So the way I talk about sunscreen on my platform, especially for people of color, because it's funny, I have been thrown through the ringer with this sunscreen conversation. I remember one of my first videos on YouTube on sunscreen, I was getting cursed out. I was called bedwenge. For, for telling black, right, for saying that black people, giving black people solutions to white people's skin problems. Someone said oh, I need Lord. to be shot because you know black people don't need to wear sunscreen. It was crazy. Oh it's crazy, and it's even crazier to me for me to have gone from that kind of like reaction 
to sunscreens being the top viewed videos on my channel. I'm like, wow, all of a sudden now sunscreen is cool. But the, right. I feel like the faulty way in that sunscreen has been discussed amongst us, like even growing up. And it's only until now where I feel like the conversation has shifted. It's always been about, you know, you wear sunscreen to protect yourself from skin cancer. And yes, that is part of it. And yes, Black people can get skin cancer. As a matter of fact, when we do get it, it's often unchecked or found too late and it progresses much quicker than when white people get skin cancer. But we don't get skin cancer as much as white people do. So a lot of times people, it's like, I don't have that issue. Why would I want to wear sunscreen, right? And another thing that I've kind of like, need people to know when it comes to like skin cancers and stuff like that. A lot of times with us, when we do get these skin cancers, they show up on places that maybe is not exposed to the sun. So for instance, we talked about Bob Marley. I think his skin cancer was on his foot. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't recall. I believe it yeah, was yeah, somewhere on his foot. Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs to this conversation, but I think where I have gotten many people to convert <laughs> to wearing sunscreen is when I tell them that, okay, we don't burn. And that's another thing that that burning conversation, like our skin doesn't burn. Well, not that it doesn't burn. We don't burn like white people do. We can True. burn. We can burn. Mm -hmm. I have gotten burned before I put sunscreen on. I was in the beach in Barbados and made a rookie mistake and fell asleep and woke up with sunburn. So we can burn. We don't burn that much. So that the conversation with protect yourself from skin cancer and protect yourself from burning has been like the main conversation when it comes to skincare. And for the average black person, you know, this is not usually something that is an issue to us as much as it is to white people. So where I get people is that I tell, I explain to them, I'm like, okay, the sun emits UVA, UVB, it's also UVC, but UVC doesn't come down to the atmosphere. But UVB, the burning rays, you know, those are the ones that we do need to protect ourselves from. But it's the UVA, aka the aging rays, that can account for about 89% of the visible signs of aging. And yes, that can happen to Black people too, because while we tend to look about 10 years younger than our white counterparts, we still have like the sagging, the jowls, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, wearing sunscreen can protect you from that. But not only that, UVA, as well as visible light, visible light comes from the sun. It also comes from the devices we're on. That can worsen pigmentation. And when I say that, <laughs> that is when people like say, what now? <laughs> What'd you say, sis? And that's usually how <laughs> I get people to really pay attention wow. when it comes to the sunscreen conversation, because it's, it's really important because that people think, you know, oh, I'm going to clear my hyperpigmentation. I'm going to even my skin tone out. But if that routine does not include sunscreen, you know, to be quite honest, you're playing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I want to clarify that the Durham that we did speak to, she did say she was very pro black people using SPF sunscreen. I mean, she did state that, you know, black skin has that 13 and she didn't specify what, because we come in different shades and mm -hmm. colors as black folks, mm -hmm. but she did specify that we still needed sunscreen. She did say that. She okay, did. good, good, good. <laughs> and I know that sunscreen is so true and yet it's so underrated. I had this sunscreen. I'm not going to say the name of the brand, but it would leave like a bluish cast on mm -hmm. me 
So one time I was going to the beach and I was like, you know, I don't really, I really don't feel like dealing with this today. And I promise you, I don't, and I blamed it on the salt water, very well knowing it was the sun. I came back with like blisters on my back and chest. And I was like, Jesus, what is going on here? Like my skin is burning and itching at the same time. So, you know, that really taught me a lesson. Like, Kim, do not go outside without putting on some sunscreen. So yeah. Think about sunscreen, coconut oil. Mm. Just coconut. You out here. Mm. <laughs> 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 Let me the my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do natural sources of sunscreen, like, is coconut oil a natural source of sunscreen and does it work? I've been hearing that a lot. And here's the thing. And then people talk about red raspberry oil. And here's the thing, right? So some of these things maybe will give you an SPF and it varies. It can be a nine, a 10 or whatever. It's not going to give you the sufficient amount of sunscreen that you need. And that's one. Two, do y'all know, and I'm not saying y'all as in, you know, Kim and Joanne, but I mean like y'all, <laughs> collective y'all, do y'all know how hard it is for our brand to put a sunscreen on the market? Like there are brands that launched a skincare line and don't have a sunscreen because the sunscreen didn't get approved yet. So sunscreen oh, has really? to be in the, yeah, sunscreen has to go through such a rigorous approval process Wow. That and the and, and the people making these sunscreens are chemists. <laughs> people who actually know what they're doing. So are we really gonna rely on our average skills as lay people to make a sunscreen that is going to be the right level of protection, that is going to actually, you know, sunscreen is not something that you're gonna put on your skin like a highlighter. Sunscreen right. needs to go on every inch of your body, especially you know, exposed skin. And, you know, sunscreen has to do, there's so many things that sunscreen needs to do. It has to, it needs 15 minutes of creative protective film against your skin. And that's whether it's a chemical or a mineral sunscreen. And the average lay person is not going to be able to do the amount of testing to make sure that it's the right SPF level and to make sure that it's, you know, properly on the skin. Like the funny thing is people who who talk to me, because I've gotten comments on my YouTube channel about oh, I want to make my own sunscreen in this and the third. And it's in another conversation amongst us because, you know, where we don't usually have these sunscreen conversations, especially growing up, is that there is a portion of people who may be sensitive or allergic to some of the UV filters. And a UV filter is what they put in the sunscreen to protect you from the sun. They might be allergic to some of the organic slash chemical ones. So if you look in the back of your okay. sunscreen, and there are a number of them that, they, that we use in the U.S., oxybenzone, octocrylene, avabenzone. Usually when you look at the active ingredients list, if you see like a, one of those names, there, there are many that usually denotes that it's a chemical sunscreen. Sometimes people might be allergic to one or more of those UV filters, and then they assume that they can't wear any sunscreen at all when there are mineral sunscreens, and mineral sunscreens use inorganic filters, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are the ones that are used here in the U.S. And usually that does better for people who have sensitive skin or for people who find that they get irritated by the chemical sunscreens. But like Mm -hmm. Kim mentioned, you know, she had the sunscreen she put on the beach and it gave her a bluish tint. Mineral sunscreens, the titanium (laughs) dioxide and the zinc oxide that they use, they're those are white pigments. So if that sunscreen is not 
formulated for a deeper skin tone, mm. that's going to look a white, ashy mess. And who's going to right. want to put that on? <laughs> and for people like that, I do have a series on my YouTube channel where I try out tons of mineral sunscreens. Some are better than others. Some are just downright disrespectful. <laughs> but I, but I will guarantee there is a sunscreen out there for everybody, no matter your skin type, your age, your lifestyle. There's a sunscreen out there for you. Are you reapplying yours when you have makeup on your sunscreen? Yes, yes. If I'm wearing makeup, what I'll do mm. is I'll get like a mineral powder sunscreen that comes in like a little brush. Peter Thomas Roth makes one. Super Goop makes one. There are some inexpensive versions of them, but I find that the packaging is not that great and you wind up getting way too much powder on your face. And if you, if you have a touch of melanin in your skin, having too much mm -hmm. of a mineral powder on your face is not going to be <laughs> an easy cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think one of the reasons, and we've talked about this before, Kim, that the Black community tend to be like, you know, we don't need sunscreen, Black don't crack. It's because they're like, you know, when we were out in the fields, mm -hmm. you know, all, you yeah. know, working and stuff, we didn't need any sunscreen then. Why do we need sunscreen now? When we were back in the motherland, we didn't need sunscreen then. Why do we need sunscreen? I think that's the mentality. And I've had that mentality as well. Like, you know, thinking that I guess we have superhuman skin. <laughs> Right. But you know what's funny? I've gotten those kind of comments in the past and it's like, OK, but think about it. What was the age expectancy for people back right. in those days? People weren't living like, you know, they were like, Jesus, they died at 33. Like, you know, people died relatively younger. And also the environment that we had. Right. It, I was the just going to say that. That ozone back then is not this ozone what we have now. This, <laughs> this ozone is different. <laughs> and then, you know, all the pollution I mean, if it was pre-industrial revolution, maybe they'd have a leg to stand on, but <laughs> not with this ozone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hilarious. So, Danielle, I want to know what your skin regimen is. And I want you to tell everyone what they should include in their skin regimen. Like, if they're, like, at the basic, at the minimum, you should have this in your skin regimen. So it's an ongoing joke amongst like my skincare friends, how basic my skincare routine is because a lot of skincare people like all the different steps and the lotions and the potions. And I'm like, no, keep it simple because especially if you're just starting out, you mm -hmm. don't want to put too much stuff in your skincare routine because one, you can be doing the most and then wind up doing the least for your skin. Two, if something winds up irritating you, it's a lot easier to figure out what's irritating you if you don't have a bunch of stuff in your routine. And if you have 10 mm -hmm. to 12 steps, That's and then true. I feel like a lot of us have sensitive skin and don't realize it. And usually that manifests through, you know, having hyperpigmentation, like almost like anyone, any little thing can always lead to hyperpigmentation for some people. So I feel like staying as simple as possible is best. So in the morning I'll cleanse, then I'll do my vitamin C serum. Vitamin C is great because it not only helps to stimulate collagen production, you know, collagen is that mm -hmm. protein in the skin that helps to keep it snatched and looking good. And mm -hmm. vitamin C also helps to fight like the environmental damage and the free radicals and all that gunk that's in the air. And then that coupled with sunscreen is a great combination during the day to make sure that, now I'm not saying to mix the vitamin C in the sunscreen, I'm saying put your vitamin C serum on 
and then you put your sunscreen. Since it's summer, I haven't needed a separate moisturizer in my daytime routine because my sunscreens on their own have been moisturizing enough. So that's my daytime routine. Sometimes I'll maybe two to three times a week, I'll use a chemical exfoliant, maybe something. I was using something gentle before, but now I've kind of stepped my way up to something that has glycolic acid in it. Okay. And then at night, if I'm wearing makeup, I'll double cleanse. So I'll, I'll use a cleansing oil to take my makeup off, rinse that off, and then follow up with our, my regular like gel cleanser. If I'm not wearing makeup, I'll just, you know, cleanse my face with a gel cleanser. And then I'll put on a retinoid. Before I was taking baby steps with my retinoids and was using something gentle over the counter, but I have since, you know, put on my big girl drawers and (laughs) have been able to graduate (laughs) to prescription tretinoin, which I use before I was taking baby steps with that, maybe only using it a few nights a week. Now I'm able to use it more often. And then I follow that up with my nighttime moisturizer. And then, you know, I use an eye cream day and night and that's it. So it's the simplest skincare routine is to cleanse, treat, moisturize. And then during the day, you're going to protect with sunscreen. Okay. And you'll do some periodic exfoliation because exfoliation is great for the skin. It helps to shed the dead skin cells that we tend to accumulate more as we age. But I think keeping it as simple as possible, especially trying out, once you get your simple basic routine down, then if you want to, you know, maybe, oh, I want to try a sheet mask or I want to try this mist or that and the third, those are like extra things that you can try, like if your heart desires, but keep it simple, I say, especially if you're just starting out. Should we be double cleansing? The only time you would need to double cleanse is if you wear, and even sometimes people who wear light makeup may just be able to just do a single cleanse and be done. I either don't have makeup on or I have all of it on. And when I have Uh all of it on, I definitely need to get in with a double cleanse to make sure that I get rid of that. And then sometimes people who wear mineral sunscreens because the zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are pigments, almost like how your foundation is a pigment. And Mm -hmm. those can take Mm -hmm. a little elbow grease to remove. So if you're wearing mineral sunscreen, you might want to consider the double cleanse as well to make sure that that comes off. So let me ask you this. So seeing that we're talking about facial cleansing and so forth and so on, I'm just getting back into the habit of throwing out my old makeup, buying new Mm. brushes, sponges, so forth and so on. And I'm always wondering to myself, well, you know, what brand? I mean, even though this is not a sponsored show, I'm curious to know what brands of makeup you use because I'm here like holding off because I'm like, I don't know what brands are healthy for the skin. Does that really matter? That matters for me personally. Like my skin is not particularly reactive. I can almost, sometimes there's certain things that will break me out. Like if it has too much fragrance in it, Sometimes that'll Mm -hmm. irritate my skin. If you're someone with particularly sensitive skin, yes, your makeup does matter. I would probably try to look for mineral makeup is nice, but unfortunately, sometimes things are getting better when it comes to shade selection with mineral makeup. But, you know, that's an option looking for things that are fragrance free because fragrance for some people Mm -hmm. tends to be that trigger that really irritates the skin. I'm trying to think of what else to look for. 
if you're acne prone, there's certain ingredients yeah. that you should probably look out for. And a lot of them are typically like things like coconut oil, kernel oil, mm. like those kind of things. There's a video that I mm. did with acne expert who is an amazing, she's also Haitian. She is oh, really? so, yes, she is amazing. She's a medical esthetician in Beverly Hills. And we did a bunch of videos together, but there's a video that we did where she lists, you know, what are the best foundations and concealers for acne prone skin based on, you know, her findings and certain ingredients that can cause a spike in the hormones that cause your acne. But one thing, the funny thing is a lot of makeup sometimes gets like this bad reputation and that like, oh, you should let your skin, well, yeah, you do want to let your skin breathe every now and Mm -hmm. again. But makeup has something in it that actually can help protect against the visible light. Remember, we were talking about that, worsens pigmentation. So makeup has something in it called iron oxides. And Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. can find iron oxides also in tinted mineral sunscreens or some tinted chemical sunscreens. But iron oxides are something that can give you, in addition to your sunscreen, you're not, you know, we always want our sunscreen. But in addition to the sunscreen Mm -hmm. can help protect the skin against visible light. So, you know, having some sort of makeup on, whether it's like a powder or, you know, your liquid or your cream foundation, having that on during the day could actually help protect you from that visible light. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Because I'm here thinking I need to give up makeup seeing I'm indoors all the time, but... No. Wow. You can wait. You can wait. As long as the makeup is not irritating your skin and causing any issues, put it on if you want. You know? Right? Look cute. Look cute in the house. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you basically only need person specific, you know, products, skincare products, if you feel like you have sensitive skin. Because I've gone the cheaper end and then I'm now doing the higher end stuff, like mm-hmm. the person specific. I had to answer a whole bunch of questions, talk about my skin tone, skin color, and all that stuff. And that's what I'm doing right now. So you don't really recommend one in general, only if the person feels like, okay, my skin is sensitive or maybe I got money to waste. <laughs> right. And then th- there's that because, you know, sometimes people might be having reactions to your skin. They can't figure out what's causing it. So usually then you have to kind of like slowly pull things out of your routine and then slowly add them back to see if you could kind of figure out what the culprit is. And the best person to like do something like that with is a dermatologist because they're able to do some, run some sensitivity tests and things like that. So they could probably move you closer to figuring out, you know, what irritates your skin. But one thing that I love about makeup now, because I, and we're the same age, Joanne, you remember when we were younger, those makeup (laughs) options, the shade options were like abysmal. (laughs) Like unless, unless you were going to like fashion fair or black people, (laughs) you were not getting your, or Mac, and MAC is probably one of the brands that most people would say, like, yeah, that broke me out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, right. I, freelanced, I freelanced for MAC for a short time back in the day. And even I couldn't win foundation at work because a lot of their wow. foundations would break me out. But what's good about with the options that we have today, there are many options available depending on your budget or your lifestyle. So you can go to the drugstore and even, you know, like you're like, What's that brand? Like your CoverGirl or your L'Oreal or and your Revlon. Maybelline. 
and Revlon, like these brands are now have like 40 shades, like the department stores do. And then the only reason why I would say that you have to shop higher end for makeup is if what you want is hard for you to find and it's just easier for you to, you know, find it at the department store. That's the only reason why I would say maybe, you know, spend a little bit more. But nowadays you don't have to spend that much on skincare. You don't even have to spend that much on makeup either, unless you want to. That's true. I mean, I saw your latest post you did on Lancome. I've never, ever, I don't think I have any of their products at all. Yeah. I, I use, MAC has been my go-to. I actually don't break out with MAC, although mm-hmm. I have sensitive skin. Back in the day when I was like in middle school and stuff, I remember using CoverGirl and coming out the house looking like I was dead because <laughs> the, <laughs> the skin shades did not match. Listen. And then when I laid on a Mac, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. Right. But that latest post you did, I was like, this is like, you don't even look like you have makeup on. You know, it just fits so well. I love that. That's what I love. And and that's a medium to full coverage foundation. I remember medium to full coverage back in the day made like you was caked up. Like you had right, a layer right. on. No, there's so many great foundations out there now that it's like almost impossible to not find something that you like. Mm-hmm. Nice. So how often should we be exfoliating? So this is <laughs> this is a funny question because When you look at a lot of these exfoliants, particularly the chemical ones, like your glycolic acid toners or your lactic acid toners or mandelic and, you know, all these different acid toners, a lot of Mm -hmm. times they will say to use daily or twice daily. And I'm just here to be like, oh, heck no. Uh Okay. I don't think like if the average person probably does not need to exfoliate with more than one to three times a week. Now, keep in mind, there are so many things that exfoliate your skin. The simple act of like cleansing your skin with your fingertips does provide some sort of manual exfoliation. Of course, it's not enough. It's not enough for like everyone. And as we get older, we need, you know, we need a little bit more when we get older. (laughs) But just think about each time you exfoliate, it can be an opportunity for you to either irritate your skin, scratch the skin. And then any of that irritation or inflammation that can come from that can cause hyperpigmentation in those of us of color, right? So whether you do a manual exfoliation, like if you use one of those like manual exfoliating tools or like those granules, like the scrubs, or if you use a chemical exfoliant, one to three times a week max. Some people, now everyone's skin is different. Some people might be able to handle exfoliating daily, God bless those people. <laughs> but right. I think, especially if you're starting out with a new routine, one to three times a week max. And then there are certain times where you probably shouldn't exfoliate at all. If you're, you know, remember we were talking about earlier, your skin is feeling like, even if you just put water on it and it stings, you definitely want to dial back on the exfoliation. If you're using any kind of topical medication that might've been prescribed from your dermatologist, like if you're just starting with something like tretinoin or any other type of prescription retinoid, you probably, in the beginning at least, want to dial back on the exfoliation because, you know, you'd be winding up doing the most because the retinoids can kind of, it's not exfoliation, but it kind of, you know, turns the skin cells over quickly, quicker, Mm -hmm. and then you add exfoliation on top of that. It can really sensitize the skin. So you take it slow. You can eventually use these things together, 
maybe not in the same routine. Maybe you exfoliate one day and then you skip your retinoid that day and then or vice versa. But one to three times a week, the exfoliation. I, I wouldn't do anything more than that, especially if you start now. So what do you think about mechanical exfoliation, though? I personally prefer chemical exfoliation. My skin does not like a lot of friction. And when I tell you, like, even if I kiss a man with a beard or a mustache, the <laughs> friction, and it pains me because I love men with mustaches and beards, just the mere, the, their facial hair touching my skin can make my skin feel red and hot. So my skin does not like friction at all. So I don't personally prefer physical exfoliants. And some of them are better than others. Some of them, they finely mill the granules and the, like, the little scrub particles so that they're really fine and that they don't hurt the skin. But some of these places, it's like, some of these scrubs have these like huge pieces in it. It's like, okay, you don't scratch your skin Scrubbing up again. Your face off. <laughs> right, right. And again, for those of us of color, you know, that scratch can lead to inflammation. It can lead to hyperpigmentation. So I personally prefer chemical exfoliants, but that doesn't mean that like, you can just have like the, you know, just throw the chemical exfoliant on. Chemical exfoliants can be very powerful as well. There are different types, like you may get somewhere there's a blend of the different acids. So you might have something that has like glycolic and lactic and some other acids in it. But if you're just starting out, get the lowest percentage because some people feel as if when they have a skin issue, let me just get the strongest thing and hurry this thing up. And that is actually a recipe for playing yourself and mm -hmm. irritating your skin and making it worse. So if you've never tried something before, go for the lowest percentage first, slowly introduce it into your routine, see how your skin adjusts to it. And then later on, if you feel like you need to dial it up, then, you know, you do that accordingly. Gotcha. So I'm curious to know, I've been seeing a lot of things lately popping up on my social media feed related to like shade rollers and gua sha's. I'm curious to know, do you use that in your skincare regimen? I know they're more so for like facials and bringing the blood flow to the face, but what are your thoughts on that? For me personally, I don't have the attention span to use stuff like that in my routine. <laughs> I've used, during lockdown, I bought a whole bunch of crap from Amazon to do videos because I, you know, I'm locked up in the house bored. So I did try a gua sha before, and that was something that I was like, oh, I can get into this. But uh -huh. again, my attention span was like, get into what, girl? Like, we don't even know what the tool is. <laughs> but I think I think, right. but I think for people, it's funny, as basic as my routine is, and I feel like people don't need a lot of these things, people like to have a routine because if maybe certain things might not, people may not see a huge improvement in their skin. But the pure act of like taking care of themselves and doing something for their skin and having that time to themselves does something for their mental health. I'm all for it. Right. So there are certain benefits to those, like especially if, you know, somebody who's prone to puffiness in the face, you can use those kind of things. You don't have to spend a, a bunch of money on it because a puffiness like a cold spoon <laughs> can do the trick as well. But it's not something that you have to have in your routine, but if you have it and you like it, like, you know, as long as you're not hurting yourself, go for it. What is that, though? I don't think I've heard this before. The gua sha? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a stone. It has like certain, there's different ones, but it has like certain curves to it to fit the contour of your face. 
And it originates in Asian skincare routine where, and it's like they, the pressure and the movement of it is supposed to help with blood circulation. And then with the blood circulation is supposed to like, you know, help the skin with, give it a nice healthy glow. For some people, it may have a little tick in the stimulation of like things like collagen. But I mean, these aren't tools that are going to like give you a big drastic change. You know, a lot of these big drastic changes that people look for, you know, you got to see a a derm for those kind of things. But people love love them. And And if people love things and it works for them, you know, keep on using it is what I say. (laughs) I agree with that. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for being on here and giving us this wealth of knowledge, specifically for Black skin. If people are looking for you and they want to know more and your stuff is so entertaining, where can they find you? Thank you so much for that. So I have a blog, thestyleandbeautydoctor.com, where people can find like a lot of like how to's and basic information on skincare. But if you Mm -hmm. really want like the full experience, definitely check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash style and beauty doctor. So that's where we have all the fun and the breakdowns. And I have tons of skin of color experts, estheticians, dermatologists. Joanna's been on there telling us about what we need to eat so that we can kind of have like that holistic experience (laughs) with our skin and our bodies. So definitely check out the YouTube channel. And I'm on Instagram as well. Style, the letter N, Beauty Doc. And I'm on the kids' TikTok too. Same, same the style kids. Beauty Doc. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hilarious. <laughs> well, everyone listening, if you want to know more, those are the places that you can find Danielle Gray. And be sure to make sure that you tell a friend about this podcast episode that you just listened to. Rate us share us and all of that till next time bye everyone bye, bye. guys <laughs>